0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: Welcome to the ninety-ninth episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. This week we have Max. Toma on the show, Max is the play-by-play broadcaster for the South Bend Cubs. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to the older episodes. There's something for everyone back there, promise. If you'd like a shout-out, super simple, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts, turns more people into members of the TARP crew, um, yeah, just brings in more listeners, uh, and that's the algorithm. So uh, I don't even care, like, really, what you say. Just say like, following directions. Uh, this podcast is cool. I hate this podcast. Whatever. Just leave a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. There is a designated Twitter account for the Pulling Tarp podcast, so go ahead and follow that at Pulling Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tart Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest as well. That's where businesses can reach out to become sponsors. Would love to get one of those. And if you really want to, you can follow me personally on Twitter at It's R.A. coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. Uh, Speaking of the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account, there is now a link tree in our bio on Twitter that leads to really anywhere you want to listen to the podcast, and it also takes you to the merchandise store on teepublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. That's where you can get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art, they're all reasonably priced, uh, so please help out your favorite podcast there. With that being said, let's chat with Max Toma. Max, welcome on to the Pulling Tart podcast. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. Um, let's start off with what is it that keeps you busy during the off season?
0: Well, first of all, I want me to say thanks for having me. on, really appreciate it. Um, always happy to be on any podcast, really. So uh, it should be fun chatting with you. Um, what keeps me going in the off season? Um, busy, I should say. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time with my family because it's it's just my family's all the way on the West Coast. Almost okay. all of them right now are out in L.A. Okay, so I get to spend a lot of time with them because for the baseball season there there really is no break, no sure. no kind of lull. Uh, <laughs> last year we didn't even have an All Star break, so it was just you know one Monday off every week, and yeah, that day was that day is very rarely actually an off day, um, especially if you're at home. But I've been uh, doing a lot of women's basketball games for the University of Evansville. Okay. Doing some softball and baseball for them as well, um, and then I'm doing some baseball games for Illinois State coming up. All right. So uh, got some stuff in the works, and you know, pushing ahead as we approach. You know, we're almost into March, and then baseball is right around the corner.
1: For sure, for sure. Uh, so you grew up in, you know, near Chicago, like right outside of the city. What was it like growing growing up right outside the city? Growing up a Cubs fan, and now you're calling games. All summer long featuring future Cubs.
0: So so here's the interesting thing is so I, I grew up I, I'm a Northsider, Sider, you could say. Yep. Um all my friends are diehard Cubs fans. I, I did not grow up a Cubs. Fan. Oh. I grew up going to I grew up going to Wrigley a lot. Okay. Uh, the first time I was at Wrigley I was I was with my uh, first grade baseball team. Yeah. Um one of my one of my best friends growing up and still is um Ryan Kenny, who is the son of the Cubs president of business operations, Gray yeah. Kenny. Okay. So I went down on the field, missed, met Dusty Baker, had, you know, had a blast. But I am actually, and I always have to think about it now for a second before I say it, but I'm actually a Cleveland Guardians fan.
1: Oh, boy. Um, okay. <laughs>
0: so Guardians fan in Chicago, 2016 was a, was a long one. And, and actually, at work with the South Bend Cubs, you know, Cubs affiliate, we got Cubs World Series photos and stuff all over the place. My, my boss actually almost made it a point to turn the – championship photo celebration on the mound a little bit towards my desk uh,
1: so that I can see it better. There you go. Oh, well, your your bio on the website is misleading then. You know, I guess it didn't really say, it didn't come out and say... You grew up a Cubs fan, but then but it went on and talked about your first time at Wrigley and stuff like yes, that. Yes,
0: I, I remember the first time. I remember how close I grew up to Wrigley because you know it's that Cubs connection. That yeah, I, I mean, I did live my my whole childhood. I did live in you know the Chicago land area.
1: Yeah, I loved. Um, you know, we were talking before we recorded here, um, and I was in the Midwest for four or five years, and um, I loved going to Wrigley. Um, it's there's no place like it that's that's the thing
0: i i never actually seen a game at fenway um which i'm ashamed to say i've been to boston once um and the team wasn't there it was over the summer but my mom and I actually got a tour of fenway which honestly sounds almost boring to get a tour of a stadium but if it's that historic like it was amazing can't imagine how good it is to see a game there but wrigley you know every time i'm there i try to be out in the bleachers and it's just, there's nothing like it. It's just so much fun. I had a friend who's, the rooftop of his apartment building was just beyond the center field wall. You could okay. kind of see in towards the top of the crowd and, you know, the atmosphere in and around the stadium uh, is just second to none.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, um, I took an ex-girlfriend there one time and she was a big Clayton Kershaw fan. So we planned it so that we got to see Clayton Kershaw pitch. And... It was just a disaster of a game for the Cubs. Um, the
0: As it can be when you're, face, when you're facing Kershaw.
1: Well, it was also before, like, it was probably f- three or four years before the Cubs World Series. Um, right. So, like, there wasn't really a whole lot of talent on the team. I think they, it was a spot starter that they brought up from AAA uh, for the Cubs, and they hung six runs on him in the first inning, um, so they took him out. And then I saw Clayton Kershaw. I don't know if you've ever seen Clayton Kershaw run, but I saw him hit a stand-up triple at Wrigley, and I was just a like, triple.
0: Wrigley is pretty impressive for for anybody, let alone a picture.
1: Exactly, and if you watch Clayton Kershaw run, you're like. How is this guy a professional athlete? Like he yeah, looks so. He's athletic. kind of a
0: bumbling, stumbling kind of guy. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, but it was it was impressive to say the least. Um, but yeah, the the whole like neighborhood and everything like that. All the bars are awesome, um, but yeah, I love Wrigley. Um, so your pinned tweet on Twitter is you calling a home run from the Ferris wheel in Quad Cities. What was that like? I mean, that's, that's, so, that's, that's a call unlike any other.
0: So, um, yeah, I mean, the, cool, the coolest thing about posting it was, I, I posted it originally from our from our South Bend Cubs Twitter account. Mm-hmm. It was the season finale, the last game of the year. Um, and it got picked up by, you know, John Boy retweeted it. Uh, Cespedes Barbecue Guys, they retweeted it. Nice. So it got a ton of traction, you know, after like a day or two. It had like 30,000 plus views, which is really cool yeah um it's 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 slightly misleading and I, and I think any broadcaster that watched it um asked me or knew that uh it wasn't live on the radio but basically what happened was we were there twice this year for two separate series uh-huh. and the first week I re- I was there solo there was you know I, I've got to do the entire game myself second time I was there I had a broadcast partner with me okay and I wanted to ride the Ferris wheel during the game and I basically said you know if I take a headset out there, I record on my phone, you know, it'll look like I'm, I'm doing the game because uh, there's there's no way to, you know, get a signal and, you know, sure. a phone line from there to the radio. Right. But so I actually took, I mean, they're still on my phone. I can probably count them. I probably took 45 videos up there. I was only up there for one inning. Okay. And the half inning when we're on defense isn't the most exciting video of all time because it's it's not fun when you're on the Ferris wheel and the other team's hitting. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just kept making new videos because. Um, I, I wasn't actually always positive who was hitting and who was pitching. Sure, yeah. I, I can't see anything. The scoreboard's facing the other way. I have my book, but I don't know that it's always accurate. Um, I, I don't know what I've missed, but yeah. Then with with two outs and and nobody on, Jake Washer hit his second home run of the year. And I mean, the call's not great. It's tough because you can't hear yourself. There's so much wind up there, but yeah. Uh, you, you, you could you you just tell how excited I was. I think that's kind of the point. It was just it was such a fun moment. And I know I showed Washer it on the bus after the game, and he was pretty pumped about it too. Yeah, that was just that was just something special. I really wanted to call something up there, and I happened to get a home run from our team from a guy who doesn't hit a whole lot of them. So it was a, it was a treat.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a memorable call um, to say the least. Uh, not yeah, I, not I actually, everybody's done that.
0: I actually texted my boss the video right after. I was like, "Look at the content that I just got," and he goes, "Don't post it on your personal account. Post it on my team one right now."
1: Um,
0: <laughs> so it was, it was fun i was actually pretty dizzy because i was up there for a while oh uh, okay it was funny when i got out of our broadcast booth i'm wearing the headset it's not plugged in anything it's basically just plugged into my back pocket and i ran into their gm the gm of the quad cities river bandits who goes where are you going and i was like I'm, i want to go you know fake calling inning on the on the ferris wheel and he's like oh give me a second give me a second pulls out his walkie talk he just goes tim tim there's a guy coming from the Cubs in a, in a red polo. Just let him on for free, and just let him ride around as many times as he wants. Um, which was a blast. But yeah, by the time I got down, I was looking at my notes. I was looking out. I was trying to focus a long distance. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually know it, but that was that would be the last game I ever call without glasses. Because a month later, I actually got glasses because I wasn't seeing that well. Okay. So I, I was a little losing when I got back to the uh, back to the broadcast
1: booth. But oh wow, yeah. that that's kind of crazy that you didn't realize that you needed glasses until. Yeah, because well, you're focusing on so many different season. things. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: during the season I, I, I started picking up numbers poorly. and I, I wasn't seeing the ball when it was hit particularly far. Okay, um, there just uh, there ain't no time during the baseball season to go uh, go to an optometrist. So. No,
1: no. Did you go to the team optometrist?
0: Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I went to I went to my dad's. Uh, okay, in California. So all right, all right.
1: Um, so I gotta ask. What's the biggest difference broadcasting, like you know, different sports? I guess what's and what's the hardest sport to call?
0: Um, so I think I think most broadcasters have probably done more games or more sports, I should say, than I have. Um, I went to the University of Miami. We we didn't broadcast a whole ton of sports then. It was pretty much just basketball, um, football, and baseball that I was doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And since then, I've done some softball, done a little volleyball. Um, Probably gonna do a little soccer this year so i mean from a from a logistics standpoint i really don't know the sport of volleyball when it comes to the lingo sure it's just so much you know unique lingo to, to any sport yeah um so that was hard for me for just because of that reason but that's not really a good one but i would say you know football when i was calling football there's just so many people out there at once on the field and it's just so much harder, I, I think, on radio than it is on TV to, to perfectly describe what's happening. Yeah. But, I mean, any sport can be hard for any number of reasons. You know, baseball can be hard because you're going to be out there for, for three to four hours. You might be out there longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, a blowout in football, there's still a clock. The game is going to end, you know, relatively soon. You know when it's going to end. True. Basketball, there's so much back-and-forth action that it, it really just is going to be entertaining no matter what the score is. mm mm-hmm. but, but baseball on the radio side – I don't know that people want to hear every pitch when it's the sixth inning in a 14 2 game. Right. And it's almost like, you know, people always joke that baseball broadcasters are the original podcasters. Cause you know, we, we got to take it through, take it through, you know, three to three and a half hours. So, I mean, every sport is hard for, for its own reasons. You know, baseball, there isn't a whole ton of action. You know, the ball is rarely hit in play and you're rarely describing multiple things happening at once. Yeah. Um, but I think the most fun for that reason is basketball, just cause it's, it's so back and forth. Um, uh, and I, I, I really enjoy baseball, but I mean, basketball, I should say, but baseball, baseball is my favorite. It's my favorite sport sure. growing up, my favorite sport to watch. And,
1: yeah, um, I I have a lot of respect for play-by-play guys. Um, I, I gave it a shot. I wasn't very good at it. I did get hired to do uh, color for, you know, the high school football game of the week. And I did some basketball and I did some soccer as well. Um, like for local ESPN radio type things, and nice. um, I yeah, I just have so much respect for play-by-play guys, just because I know I can't do it. Um, I would say, the soccer to me is probably like the hardest because there's so much like downtime, like especially yeah. if there's like if it's a strong defensive game, like the the ball is in the middle of the field the whole time. Yeah, the, the
0: nice thing about soccer, at least on the TV side, is you can really let things breathe a ton. Yeah, you know, you can often just let the game play, let people watch, um, and you know, often they're really just saying who has the ball for for a, for a certain stretch. If there's if there's lulls in the middle of the field, right. But the one I really respect the most because I have no experience doing it, and I'm not a fan of the sport really. I do watch Stanley Cup playoffs, but okay. hockey broadcasters. Like, following the black. I don't know how they do it. I don't even know how they know who's on the ice at once. Right. Because there's just constant changing. People are out there for like under two minutes. Everybody, you know, everybody on the ice from 200 feet away looks identical. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's why the numbers and names are so big. Sure. Um, but I just, I mean, and it's just constant back and forth. And because I don't really watch hockey, I don't have like the, you know, quote unquote hockey eye. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the puck goes in, I don't always see it go in. You know, it takes me an extra second or two. I don't ever see the like, oh, deflected by Johnson. It's like, Johnson, touch that? Like, how do they see that? Right. Um, but so, And those guys are going so fast. It's just it's just mind-boggling.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, more often than not, at least in the minor leagues, guys are calling entire games by themselves. So they're talking to themselves for three, four hours at a time. And I, I think that's a talent in itself, honestly.
0: Yeah, that was a tough one. Actually, the first solo road trip I did last year, we went to Lake County to take on a high-A Indians affiliate, the Captains. Mm-hmm. Our Tuesday night game got canceled due to rain. Our Wednesday night game got canceled due to a, a local power outage. There was also rain, but it wow. was officially the power outage. Okay. So we went, we went doubleheader Thursday, game Friday, doubleheader Saturday, game Sunday. So it was solo five games in three days, and you know we're talking pregame show, game, quick postgame show. Well, hey, let's find out all the lineups to make sure we got everything right. Get all my notes down. with anyway, like, a quick little pregame, then a game, then a postgame. Yeah, you, you do the math. You're like out there, you know, only hearing yourself speak for like seven plus hours.
1: Yeah, wow, that's that's a lot, man. Kudos to you. <laughs> I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's when you hope they got a press box. You know, where, where you're close to the bathroom. Because yep. you, you don't want to be stressed for time uh, at certain points in the day when you got a doubleheader.
1: Yeah. Have you ever gone to Beloit before they built a the new stadium?
0: No. I have seen the old stadium, but it was only when I was there um, this year. I went for a run just so I could see it.
1: Okay, okay. So I worked at the old stadium, obviously. And, yeah, guys... Visiting broadcasters, including me, because I was the PA announcer for all the home games, and uh, you know we'd be sprinting down between innings. You know, yeah,
0: it's it's a uh,
1: it's not a hurry.
0: Yeah. I do that at home.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough, but um, especially the visiting guys, they did not appreciate coming to Beloit. Yeah,
0: and, a lot, and a lot of times they'll know the lineup in advance, and they'll let you know before the game, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, it's always. You know, it always could be susceptible to something changing, but there are a lot of times when they're not going to tell you, they don't know yet, they want to see how game one goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, God forbid someone gets hurt or something, then Mm -hmm. throw everything out the window.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So somebody... I forget what the account was, but somebody tweeted out, like, how should we decide a game that's tied uh, wrong answers only? And so you said... Hold on. So you said that the game should be decided by a hot dog eating contest by the broadcasters and managers, and the home team's catcher should be the judge, right? Or, or should know, call play-by-play. Play.
0: Yes, I, yeah. And I really had specific people in mind when I was when I was tweeting that because I think Michael Ryan, our, our manager from last year, who's now the um, A Tennessee Smokies manager in the Cubs organization, that guy can definitely take down some dogs. I definitely cannot. I would be terrible at that. Okay. They gave us – a fan walked in us, I think, like six or seven hot dogs, and I was joking that I was going to eat them all during the game. I got one. Like, <laughs> I ate one, and I was just like – you know, when you're on air, it's different. I don't want to be full of hot dogs. But uh, our catcher, Harrison Wenson towards the end of the year, is just like the one of the most outgoing guys. Uh, and it would, be a, it would be a treat to hear him in the booth ever. I know he wants oh? to do it. Okay. But if um, – yeah, he wanted to at least join us up there. I yep. was saying if he ever wasn't in a game just, you know, hop on up there which yeah. obviously wouldn't allow. But yeah, give him on the play by play, get, get me and Michael Ryan hot dog eating contest, we'll, we'll probably lose probably because of me, but it'll, it'll be entertaining with the crowd. And at that point the crowd just trying to be entertained, you know. They would they would they would love for us to eat the hot dogs, you know, fast yeah. than their the team, but
1: Yeah. So, I was an intern for Sports science on ESPN. Do you remember that show? Yeah, absolutely. So I so I was an intern on that show and um, they film in LA actually, so so you probably may know where they film, but um so we had Joey Chestnut come and oh, actually yes. Oh dude. We go from hot dogs so to Joey. Yeah, so I I was an intern, so I was putting the hot dogs in the buns and stacking them up in a pyramid, and I, you know, put the, um, the pitchers of water on there and, like, made sure the Nathan's hot dog sign was, like, so-so on the table and, you know, yeah, yeah. all of that. And, uh, I witnessed... I was 10 feet away from I witnessed Joey Chestnut eat 50 hot dogs in 5 minutes like it was an appetizer. Like... I was, I was like, I don't right, know whether, saying. I don't know whether to be amazed or disgusted. I'm not, I'm not sure.
0: I remember as a kid seeing, you know, him, him win, and then looking up other records for other foods because people eat more than just hot dogs. Yeah. And actually, like finding the website for like Major League Eating and a whole contest for like everything. I mean, we're talking like, you know, how much mayo can you consume mm. in, you know, a certain amount of time? Like they do everything. And you always know, just wonder, like, when Joey Chestnut goes, like, to a restaurant, like, is that guy satisfied with, like, a, you know, a Caesar salad? Yeah. Or is he like, yeah, I'll take eight burgers.
1: So. Like, as my app. I was talking to him about that, and I was like, are you even allowed to go to buffets or anything like that? And he said. Oh, yeah. He said, he said, I used to go, and I used to try to, like, limit myself and eat, like, a normal person, and then I found out that I can't do it. He 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 said because I want to get my money's worth and like all that stuff and and he's like I'm I literally just do not go to buffets anymore I can't I can't do it I can't hold myself back I love food too much he says. I
0: mean he eats more hot dogs that day than most people I would imagine almost have in their life like right
1: exactly exactly maybe not those
0: of us who work in minor league baseball because we know our way around a hot dog but. right
1: right. Cause they're always left over at the end of the night. Like I don't, I don't buy hot dogs at the grocery store. Like,
0: like it went to Monday during the season. There, there was uh, a few years ago when we, um, I worked for a different team. We had a couple kids' days, and we were in there making all the hot dogs at like five a.m. Mm-hmm. Making and wrapping like three thousand. I only not a hot dog for months.
1: Yeah, no. Well, when I talked to Joey Chestnut, I was like, "I was like, dude, so what are you, what are you doing like after this?" And he said, "He said I'm going to a pizzone eating contest. It was sponsored by Pizza Hut, obviously. i oh, naturally, yes. And uh, and he's so like, pezone. "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "I'm going to pizzone eating contest tomorrow." I was like, "Okay." Do they ever have
0: any that are like? How much broccoli or kale can you consume again in 20 minutes?
1: Probably not. I don't know. I didn't ask him that, but that's a, that would be a I good I don't think most
0: cramming health stuff, because the people up there would probably look a lot different.
1: Right, exactly. I don't know. So, is the wrapping hot, of the hot dogs the most other duties as a sign moment in your minor league baseball career?
0: Um. You know, I used to write these down, and I wish I I wish I still kept writing them down. Okay. There's been you know, just a plethora. You know, I, I've done my... Very fair share of mascotting, because the first place I worked yeah. at uh, realized that, not that I liked it more than the other people, but that I didn't complain about it, and others did. Okay. Um, but, so I mascoted a ton. I have mascoted multiple Fourth of July parades on the same day, when it's like 100 degrees out, yeah. which, when you're in a suit for that long, is, tough. you know, like, you almost faint. Yeah. But, I, I was, a few years ago, I had to move players' furniture in, which was... Not something I ever expected them to do, like into their apartment to get their apartment set up, which, which was strange because
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like five, eight, maybe like a, a buck 60 on a good day. <laughs> like they're all way bigger than me. Like of I'm course. not helping anybody by doing this. Right. Um, I had to set up a player's, um, fi one of the days, which <laughs> he, he was from Venezuela. Well. He didn't know, he didn't speak a whole ton of English. So sure. he, you know, he had me just kind of go through Comcast to like set up his Wi-Fi for him. hmm the, I think that what would have been the craziest one, which wound up ultimately not happening, was when I was a number two. We had a road trip in Canada, and one of our players like wasn't eligible. I don't think he had uh, our paperwork to like go to Canada, so he couldn't go to play in that series. Okay. And they wanted him to meet the team in the next series, which was in Kansas City. He didn't have any way to get there. Our manager wanted me to drive him. And I was the number two. I didn't do road games. So he wanted me to drive from Indiana to Kansas City to drop this guy off <laughs> and then come home. Okay. So, no, wasn't happening, but that would have been just, you know, my boss heard that and he was like, I'm not even going to ask him to do like That's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. So did that guy end up playing in the next series? Uh, no. Okay. He just <laughs> so waited until he, they came home.
0: I, I don't think he He was actually like our... It was like our closer. He was probably the best arm out of the bullpen. Okay. I don't think he'll the
1: next series, but I, I'm not positive on that. Okay. Interesting. So I imagine, you know, all broadcasters operate or, or post to the team's social media accounts. And speaking as someone who has ran many of team's social media accounts, what's the weirdest comment or message you've received while running a team's social accounts?
0: Um, luckily, I, I do a lot less of the responding to people's messages. I know we get a ton on Facebook. Um, everywhere I work, we get a, you get a ton of Facebook messages. Uh, I, I generally see what people say on Twitter. It just, I think, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go kind of macro with this, but mm-hmm. I think people don't realize unless the they work in minor league baseball, that any day, any time it rains for like a minute. There's going to be a ton of messages about is the game happening yeah. today, yeah. And we're talking 15 hours before first pitch. I you got to have some respect for people who work in baseball or any sport when this happens, but especially baseball when there's games every day and it's going to rain a lot throughout the season. Mm-hmm. It, it's just there's just so much of it um, that you know. A lot of times you just try to get ahead of it and post something that just says we're playing today, right? You know.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what we always tried to do. Um, I had a buddy that worked in the ticket office, and he would answer the phone, you know, Shorebirds Baseball, the game's still on, just to, yeah. like, kind of cut yeah, it. I feel
0: like there should be a voicemail for it or something. Yeah,
1: and then the general manager told him to stop doing that. And I was like, well, he is streamlining it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I could get behind yeah. that. but um, So, you travel with the team a lot, clearly. What has been the best concessions item that you've tried while on the road?
0: Okay, I think this one from now. I haven't been to every stadium in our league. I, I didn't travel a whole ton this year. Okay, um, but Fort Did... Wayne has. I've ever been to Parkview Field. It's phenomenal. First off, um, I think our Friday or Saturday game there. They had over seven thousand people. Uh, okay, concessions are phenomenal, but they're the tin caps because Johnny Appleseed. I, I think they live out the rest of his life in Fort Wayne or was born in Fort Wayne. I don't remember the exact connection. Yeah, They have a cart dedicated to apple items and they have two that I love. Um, I would say the second best was they have little apple pie bites that are like drizzle and caramel, like a little, Mm. uh, you know, vanilla ice cream on there. That was phenomenal. Not something you find anywhere. And then they had, I, I believe what they called an apple crisp, I, okay. I don't know exactly how I would describe it. It's like baked or like fried. Um, you know, it's apple. It's got ice cream in there, and it's just kind of, kind of like a pie, kind of like an apple. I don't like an apple tart, maybe kind okay. of thing. Uh, that was the best. I had that the last day because their broadcaster John Nolan told me that's when you're in Fort Wayne. You know, when you're in Rome, uh, yeah, you got to do that. So I got that. Um, I think any of the best items generally are kind of like ones that are unique to a place. Um, yeah, I went to Miami. Croquetto's at a stadium. Right? You know, Croquetto's like... That's not that's not at a ballpark or anywhere, but they're, they're right. in Miami always. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the apple crisp, I think is what they call it, and it is phenomenal.
1: Okay. I didn't realize that John Nolan was still in Fort Wayne. That's good to know. Okay. I might have to reach out to him at some point. He,
0: he actually... Uh, he had a little clip on the... Um, have you ever watched SVP's Sports Center at the end of the day? yeah. Uh, the best thing he saw today, last week, was a um, Purdue-Fort Wayne triple overtime win Okay. And John Nolan is the voice of them. And yeah. He had, a, he had the call at the end there when he said, That's the best thing I saw today. Scott Van Pelt. And he played on air. Pretty sweet. So okay. Shout out John Nolan.
1: All right. All right. Shout out John Nolan. Interesting. Okay. Nice. All right. So out of all the games you've broadcasted, could be Cubs related, could not be, what has been your most memorable call?
0: Most memorable? It's a tough one. Um, you don't realize until, you're, until you've are you been doing it for a while how bad you were for so long. <laughs> I would pretty much erase everything I did in college because most of that stuff should probably be burned. But um, when there were some great calls and some great venues Like, there were some great games that had great plays, not not necessarily the best call for. Yeah. But I've done some really fun. Yeah, I've done a couple games of the College World Series. I did a Miami versus the Miami Marlins exhibition game that was a blast. Oh, yeah. Uh, Duke-Miami, when we were both in the top 15, with Dickie V sitting two seats next to me was was great. But I think the best actual call I've ever had, um, at least in my opinion that I can remember, was last year I had two great home runs. Two home run calls that stood out to me as my best. And one be, was because I was waiting for someone to hit the Tiki Hut all year. Um, you know, it's the bar we have that's got, like, you know, bamboo and straw, and they call it the Tiki Hut. Yeah. Pretty, really far away in left field. You know, you got to hit it over 400, especially to get to the roof of it. Okay. Like, we're talking, like, 430-plus. And Nelson Velasquez hit the top of it. And I happened to, you know, get out um, a Tiki tank, you know, for Nelson Velasquez. And then as he's rounding, like, I had a nice nice little breathing pause. And then it hit with the, uh, I think it was, and Nelson Velasquez uh, says bartender, order me up a two-run shot. And, Ooh. you know, it's, it's something, something can be really corny on paper or something. I hadn't thought that one up. I had thought the tiki tank before, but that one kind of came out naturally. I, I think it wound up working pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. That's pretty cool.
0: Nice. I mean, I've had, if, if you're like, what's your worst call ever? <laughs> Yes. Way more of those.
1: Let's. All right. If you had to pick one, what's the worst one?
0: Um. Well, I mean, it's funny. worst call. I've I've botched many, especially every college kid that's you know broadcasting is just straight up missed moments or messed up moments. Just because we had a a guy in our farm just who played with us last year named Tyler Darno who retired last um, last week. Okay. So I was looking for a home run video of his from last year, and my call is totally fine. And then as he rounds third. the other team had just scored before. So the Cubs just got to run back. And I said, and the Cubs get a run, right? And then my voice just has like the biggest crack you've ever heard in your life. And the way I say back is like forever going to haunt me in my nightmares. Like, it's just, it's so bad. But I mean, we've all had bad ones where, you know, the ball went out and you thought it didn't go out. Yeah. Lose a ball. Um, You know, stuff that can happen like that. I think my, my favorite call that I've ever heard as a as a Cleveland fan, is this Tom Hamilton's my favorite announcer of all time? He's got my favorite call of all time. But it's kind of a random tangent. When I went to Miami, I think this is the coolest story about a call ever and the coolest situation. Okay. The year before I got there, the student radio kid one of been a, a very close friend of mine named Georgie Salas. It was his second time ever calling a baseball game. He's a freshman at Miami. He lives like his family's house is about two and a half or three blocks from the baseball stadium, so nice. it's right next to campus. They've always lived there. Huge Miami fans. Okay. So he's a freshman, second game ever announcing. He's on the call. He gets to the stadium, looks at the lineup. Something's different because his brother is the starting pitcher that day. He wasn't supposed to pitch that day. His brother is all of a sudden the starter for this game on a Wednesday. Okay. Midweek game. Brother goes out, shoves a perfect game. It was the 17th perfect game in the history, I think, of D1 baseball. His family is just, you know, some of them are there. A lot of them are getting aware of this becoming aware of this throughout the game and are just coming in droves those whole families there and you know what kind of viral um just because you know 17th ever perfect game it's at a big baseball school and the kid's brother is doing it yeah and it ain't a great call because it's the second game ever but it's also mm-hmm. just like the best call ever because it's that you've never seen mm-hmm. a broadcaster as happy as he is in that moment, sure, uh, it was that was phenomenal. Just a just a random little story.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome, actually. Um, but so I was gonna tell you, the guy that was the broadcaster for the Delmarva Shorebirds when I worked for them, his name's Will DeBoer. He won't mind me telling telling this story. Um, so we had a player, John um, Carlos Encarnacion. He was he was up. It was the bottom of the ninth. Shorebirds were down by four. No, Shorebirds were down by three. Excuse me. And he hits a walk-off grand slam. And Will DeBoer's doing a great job, as he always did, called it. And when he's rounding third, just, la- just like you said, his voice cracked. Like so, so badly. And... I didn't realize it at the time I was in the press box and then we started putting out videos, um, for, for social media content. And I was like, I don't even know how to edit around this. Like I'm, I'm just not even sure. And, and he was just like, you know what? Just, just do it. He's like, he's like, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but that's the way, that's the way it was called. Go, go for it. And so like, of course that was like, the most watched video on our social media, yeah, like definitely. ever. It's it's in all the highlight videos, of course. You know, it's the it's the, the play the worst, of the year.
0: The worst, I, I think for me is is not even it being on social media. It's you know, if we win the next day or the pregame show, we play the highlights on the jumbotron. Yeah, and if you have a bad one and you know it's coming because you know the highlight reel, um, I just gotta like close my ears because like being with a ton of people. Hearing that, it's just it's just not good.
1: Yeah. Like they definitely
0: played my Tyler a home run call. And it's just get the run right back. And it's
1: just like what
0: the hell happened to him when Tyler Durna hit dirt? <laughs>
1: That's funny. Like if I
0: got stabbed, I don't think you would have known the difference.
1: <laughs> oh man. All right, so I I love minor league baseball promotions, of course what's the best promotion that you've seen in all your baseball travels?
0: I, I think the first one that comes to my mind is I happen to be at, you know, it's always fun to be at a park opening.
1: Okay. And yeah. I was
0: at the opener for the Chicago Dogs working um, yeah. for the Gary South Shore Railcats. mm mm-hmm. And because when some when a team opens a stadium, things are going to go wrong. Sure. Um, which is always fun because they're always realizing that, wow, how did we not see this was going to come? Mm-hmm. And, there's a huge design flaw in the Chicago Dog Stadium, which is an amazing stadium if you've ever been. Really cool, really modern look. But if it's raining, there's nowhere to go.
1: Uh, um, okay.
0: But the promotion was, I think they wanted to break the world record for most people wearing a... And they were they were referring to them as wieners. Uh, wiener costumes. So they were handing them out of the gate. They got like 7,000 people wearing hot dog costumes. Nice. Unfortunately for them... It, like, monsoon in the second inning, oh. or first inning. I, I think it was the fourth. It was my first ever inning, calling a minor league baseball game. We got uh, delayed, like, two batters in. And everybody left, basically, because there's no... Sure. There really is no, like, overhang. Okay. So, everyone's getting downpoured on. But the... Just tons of people wearing hot dogs. I, I think that was the opener, because we, we were there for the series. But was the promotion they did for breaking that record, I think, was was pretty out of there and pretty fun.
1: Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard of that one before. That's cool, though. I'll,
0: I'll look it up. I'm, I'm hoping I didn't just read that and wasn't actually there. <laughs> sometimes when it's been a while, there's a slight chance that happened.
1: Right, right. Okay, so I know that there's plenty of stories that you can't tell from traveling with the team. But what's the best story that you can tell?
0: Uh, best story. So I don't I don't know that I know a whole ton of great stories. Um, our manager always sits in the front of the bus, and he's always he's always got great stories that he just tells. Okay. Uh, I think a, a quick one that, like, it might not even sound that funny, but I, I thought it was kind of funny in, in person was when we were in Quad Cities and I was walking back to the hotel with my broadcast partner. Uh, the guy walking behind us was walking alone, and it was the Cubs' first-round pick from legitimately months before Jordan okay. Wick's. Oh yeah. Had only pitched ever once. He hadn't been with the team. He didn't know where the hotel was. So he was basically just following me and, and uh and Josh, who's my broadcast partner. And it was on the phone, so we weren't really talking to him because he was on the phone, uh, Maybe it with his girlfriend or something. Yeah. But he's just a little bit behind us so that he can continue and and know where the hotel is. And and we just really aggressively crossed the street. Like you should not be crossing like tons of cars. And like three quarters away, I look back and it's like, oh my god, please tell me you, you didn't just follow us. And, like, he did, and he got past, and I don't even know if he remembers this, but that was just kind of, like, a funny, not, like, anything crazy happened, but it was just, like, man, can you imagine if, like, the Cubs' first-round pick who just signed for $3.1 million just got, like, hit by a car because he was following a broadcaster across the street? Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) That's ridiculous. That was just
0: my first thought, and, like I I said, he probably doesn't even know that moment happened or think it was funny, but that was going through my head. I was like, God, that would be just just brutal.
1: Sure would. Absolutely. Um, So are you excused from tarp pools, or do you you join in when you you are able? Obviously during games you can't, but...
0: Uh, It's funny. It's like one of the very few things at home I am discouraged from doing. Okay. Um, Almost everyone in the production room will go do it. If we're doing a TV game, they definitely don't want me out there because they definitely don't want me getting dirty or anything. Okay. But, um, I mean, I've done many. We do a ton when they're, you know, when it's before the game when it's just during the day. Uh, I've done my fair share, for sure. But I think my most the most fun one I ever did was I actually helped out in Peoria this year. Okay. Because, like, they waited. The umps waited too long. It's to eight players off the field. And all of a sudden, it was like, it had to be like 60-mile-an-hour gusts of wind with this just torrential downpour. And they were just, it wasn't their fault. They, they got on late. They didn't have enough bodies. And the tarp was just a mess. So I just sprinted down there. And just helped them out. My, I totally ruined my shoes. I got waterlogged. Um, people had no idea who I was. Um, the next day, I ran into them with, like, guys who from the front office who thought I was, like, the trainer who just ran out of there <laughs> now. Um, that was the funniest because when I turned around, I was, I mean, I'm not the biggest guy, obviously. I, I, I said my height and weight earlier for the record. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not doing a ton, but when I finished – I was right next to our dugout and a bunch of the guys were, you know, were clapping up for me. And they were like telling the other guys in the front office, like, hey, just so you know, that's Max. Like, that's our broadcaster. Like, um, okay. so that was a blast.
1: Nice. Nice. That, that, hey, I, kudos to you for helping out on the road for sure. Man, we yeah, could have, uh, yeah. we could have used you in Beloit a couple times. I'll tell you that much. Yeah.
0: It's, people do not realize that often the case is just, it's just purely a matter of bodies. Yeah. you just got to have enough people, and sometimes it's tough, you know, during a game.
1: Yeah, exactly. I've pulled tarp with four people before. That's pretty darn tough, but...
0: Yeah, that's, that's got to be... Especially if it's wet already, you know? hmm
1: And then the wind can just make you look foolish. I know. It's... I, I don't miss, you know, that... I don't miss pulling tarp, you know, when I talk about changing careers. Um, yeah. But um so I'm, I'm almost
0: always except when i did it on the road i'm always a, a barefoot tarp guy
1: too oh okay interesting i've been told by um by groundskeepers not to do bare feet because they say that they put too many pesticides on the field i don't know that might the back of my head <laughs> that might vary from from groundskeeper to groundskeeper but i've Been told that, and so I never did it ever again. I don't know. Duly noted. Okay, all right. Um, So we did have one listener question, and you know, it looks like eight people liked it. So, (laughs) Um, but uh, my friend Paul Caputo, who's been on this podcast, he writes for for SportsLogos dot net. So his passion is minor league baseball logos, and he collects. Ice cream helmet Sundays, minor league baseball, ice cream helmet Sundays. Beautiful. So, love a good baseball Sunday and helmet. Oh yeah, he's. You should see his collection; it's incredible. Uh, he said, "Would Max be interested in signing my petition to outlaw minor league baseball teams being named for their parent clubs?"
0: I did see that. Um, I gotta say no, as a, as someone who broadcasts, you know, for Cubs affiliate that's named the Cubs. I love it. You know, it may, we can have you know, they part of their logo, is part of our logo. It's just it makes us, you know, synonymous with them. And you know, sure. when people think of us, they think of them. Not necessarily when people look at the Chicago Cubs, they think of us. But um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of everyone having their own unique name. But right. I, I personally love that we share the same, you know, branding.
1: Yeah. Do you think so? Like, you know, just from a business standpoint. Do you think it would be more beneficial in the long run, especially when you think about merchandise sales and stuff like that, if South Bend had its own unique name and logo? Uh,
0: I don't think so. I mean, we have our own unique logo, and we have a bunch of different logos. Um, Our our logo, you know, the main one we use or like to use, has part of their you know
1: logo inside of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think so. I mean, if...
0: Yeah, I, I really don't think so. But I, I do love being in the Cubs. Sure. Um, especially just being, you know, it's like an hour and 45 minutes from Wrigley. True. You know, we, we feel close, you know, when the, um, last year when we had the all-site team here, you know, the AAA guys when uh, when they were here and, you know, because they needed the alternate site for, uh, you know, right. in that situation. Like, they, they came here because we're close. Um, yeah, it just makes you feel like a close connection. So okay, maybe, maybe not the best answer there.
1: Okay, well – Hey, so I grew up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, and when the team first moved to town from Geneva, New York, they were the Williamsport Cubs. They were affiliated with the Cubs, obviously. So for like the first six years of my life, I think, six or seven years, they, they were the Williamsport Cubs. Um, and to this day, I'm pretty sure my dad still has a Williamsport Cubs seat cushion in his garage. Nice. Um so I can appreciate the the Cubs uh, name and and logo for sure um, but I mean from a business standpoint I, I'm not really sure I mean I, I never got to be GM or assistant GM or, or what have you so um, but yeah hey it it works it works for you guys that's fine <laughs> You know, um, obviously everybody knows who you're affiliated with, and considering you're right in the shadow of Wrigley, I, I think it does help you guys out a little bit. So And we got, and
0: we, we, we got the Iowa Cubs. We got the Tennessee Smokies. You know, their logo's a yeah. bear. Yep.
1: Um,
0: yeah, it's pretty much everybody, but the Myrtle Beach Pelicans is, is all on a, a similar That's wavelength. True.
1: That's true. Okay. Yeah. Um, so where can the listeners find you on social media, Max?
0: Um, well, I mean, you can find me at Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty sure my Twitter is my name, which is, is. M-A-X-T-H-O-M-A, not Thomas Toma. Um, Yeah, and then on, uh, on Instagram, I'm, oh man, I changed this recently. I think it's my name and then underscore P-X-P for, for play-by-play, uh, I, I believe is what it is.
1: It's, yes, it's Max Toma underscore P-X-P. Yeah, yep. beautiful. All right, and then you're on LinkedIn too for you know for I am other broadcasters that want to you know bounce ideas off of you or, or whatnot. So yeah, on right. that as well. All right, perfect. Um, so I end each episode with the same question, and there is a Spotify playlist for this: the Pulling Tart Podcast Walk Up playlist. What has been the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard in your minor league baseball career, and whose was it?
0: Okay, um, oh man, I'm gonna kind of cheat here. Uh, is it cool if I use one from high school? And it's, yeah. I don't it was. I think this is the coolest song I've ever played for someone. To, uh, okay, it was actually, it, it was for me on the road, so it was not my song. Okay, but I went out to pitch, and in Evanston, Illinois, against Evanston, Evanston High School. And they played the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. And all right. if I ever threw the ball harder than that, I would be surprised. Because I was chucking gas that day. <laughs> and it was just entirely because Pirates of the Caribbean was bumping. And it was like, there ain't no way we're throwing anything but heat this inning. Okay. Um, that, that's my favorite of all time. And it was, like I said, it was not mine. The other team played it for me, which was awesome. But <laughs> my, my senior year in high school, I actually... Um, I I was really good before then and I was having a really bad year and I I switched it up and I was just going for more of a a, a fun, you know, get everybody in a a good mood, which I think the best walk-up song is always getting the home crowd and everybody moving and, you know, clapping. For sure. Just excited. And I I walked up to a, a techno version of Hava Nagila that I would have to look up to find again. Okay. And it was like so... Entertaining that the opposing team would start clapping like in their dugout and stuff like they would be they'd be rocking along with it. Um yes. so that was funny, but Pirates of the Caribbean theme song cannot go wrong. People get psyched
1: All right. Awesome. You wanna
0: you wanna hit a hundred on the radar gun and triple A? You can get yourself the Pirates of <laughs> the Caribbean walk-ups. Okay.
1: All right. I'll have to find that for sure. Max, I think that's all I got for now. Um thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening um i know i know you guys uh you play-by-play broadcasters stay busy in the off season and uh just appreciate you taking the time out of a free night and um yeah man thank you so much and uh, really appreciate it
0: oh absolutely thanks so much for having me appreciate it absolutely You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at Stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.